I always I always get down to the beat for some reason with that song. But uh, welcome, guys. Welcome to Recruiting is No Joke. Super excited to be here. What episode are we on? We're on I says episode 35. That is a typo. It is episode 45. So super excited for that. We're five episodes away from 50. Um, and if any of you guys have followed me for a while, you know this is podcast number two. Uh, so maybe I should just say episode 100. Uh, once we get to that point. But uh, hopefully you guys are doing good out there. As always, if you can, let me know who's out there. Otherwise, it just feels like I'm talking into my camera and it's super awkward. So uh, let me know who's out there. We've got someone's excited to be here. I can't see who it is because they've got privacy settings set, set up. So I can't see who it is. But someone is excited to be here. So that's great. If you can, just let me know your name agency company recruiting title like just let me know who's out there and then as always i've got a great guest today so if you've got questions for either of us get in the chat the only thing that i ask that we don't talk about is like if you're um looking for a job you know i mean i can i'll put those comments on screen but this is not like a job search show we're talking about recruiting here so i uh, just want to clear that up um Lisette said what is the topic the topic today um you know, really the format of the show is I just, I have guests on, I want to hear about their uh, story in talent acquisition and recruitment. Um, and then we really just kind of go with the flow and just talk about trending topics around TA. Uh, I'm always curious right now about like AI and how companies are using it. Um, and then just general um, kind of climate within within the recruitment space as well. But Lisette, if you have, if you have questions, um, that you've got for us as the, as the uh, conversation goes, let us know in the chat. So um, I want to give a, a special shout out as well to MetaView. Okay, that's our proud sponsor. Uh, if you guys don't know about MetaView, they provide AI transcription for um, interviews. So if you're interviewing a candidate, you know, as a recruiter and you don't want to take notes, they will do the AI transcription and they organize those notes. So you have really great um downloads and summaries of those notes that you can send to hiring managers but they do debriefs intake calls anything where you have a conversation with someone and you don't want to take notes metaview is a solution so go check out metaview there's a link on this profile on uh, this post but you can try it for free um so try it for free and then if you've got problems you can just dm me directly and say why are you recommending them but that hasn't happened we've had hundreds of people sign up and everybody loves the tools so again Thank you to MetaView. So there we go. We're, we should be going here. Let me know again if you're out there. We want to we wanna get as many people in the conversation as possible. But I'm going to welcome our guest who's probably like, man, I've been sitting here forever. Why, why is this guy uh, talking so much? But uh, welcome to the show, Joe. Great to have you with us. Why don't you, uh, number one, why don't you give us like a quick elevator pitch on who you are, Um how you got started in talent. That's how we start the show. So let us know who you are, maybe who you're with, and how you got started in talent. And, uh, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's excited to be here. Been a big fan of this stuff. So yeah, my name is uh, Joe Aberdeen. I'm based in Los Angeles. I'm actually a small town Pennsylvania guy that uh, moved to LA on a whim all the way back in 02. Uh, my, nice. degree, yeah, my degrees were engineering and uh, both manufacturing and uh, industrial manufacturing and, and mechanical engineering. But uh, O2 was a pretty tough market, and I ended up uh, basically begging to try to get any job I could, so I didn't have to. <laughs> and uh, got a call from Aerotech about a CNC machinist position for 14 bucks an hour back then, and uh, said I'd take it to go with my my bouncing job at the time. 
And uh, they said, well, you'd probably quit that job if we put you in it, wouldn't you? And I said, I definitely would if an engineering job came around. They said, well, then you're not going to be a fit for us, but uh, we're hiring for an engineering recruiter. Would you consider a job there? And I said, I'll take anything, man. I just need to need to work. And they, they took a shot on me and, you know, I ended up spending 14 years there. I, I worked as a, a engineering recruiter. I worked as a salesperson for Northern Los Angeles. I worked as a, a role that I got to be the first in called manager of divisional ops, which was like a strategy role and, and development. And then uh, closed out my time there working for their engineering services division, uh, easy that had been acquired. Then I decided I wanted to uh, leave the staffing space and get into the MMA world. And uh, I uh, did that unsuccessfully and got brought back into a tech-enabled talent sourcing solutions company called Vsource based out of uh, Ireland with operations in Vietnam and kind of got me really deep into it. I'd always been a big fan of sourcing in particular. I hadn't really uh, seen much technology outside of what I saw at Aerotech. So my eyes got open pretty quickly. Uh, spent about three and a half years there, then worked for a Flex RPO started by a uh, former Aerotech guy. And then I started uh, with Findem after using the product itself and kind of working as a bit of an advisor for a little while. Really love what we're doing here. And uh, now I'm the basically the uh, the senior uh, director of uh, managed services where we kind of operate the platform on behalf of our customers to make their lives easier, minimize change management, keep bandwidth up, stuff like that. Yeah, so why don't you give us like a, just a, a quick overview on, on what, what Findem does? Yeah, Findem is really like a, a talent ecosystem. What what really intrigued me about it is the, uh, the kind of different way we look at search. So we create these 3D profiles that combine um, the candidate's background, company information, as well as time. So you can get really targeted and we do attribute-based searching versus Boolean. So you can mm. kind of uh, create these custom attributes that would describe a candidate the way you would just talk to someone about them or get really narrowed in. When I first uh, got exposed to it, I was working pretty heavily with, with tech startups and tech companies. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break to mention my sponsor, MetaView. MetaView is the AI assistant for interviewing. It completely removes the need for recruiters to take notes during interviews because their AI is designed to take world-class interview notes for you. The result, you're safe from the drudgery of note-taking and can instead spend time on what actually matters, being present, curious, and engaging with candidates, then making high-quality decisions based on insight, not memory. Also means your organization has 10 times better data about every candidate you speak to because you're no longer relying on people to remember everything that was discussed and submit accurate notes. Unlike humans, MetaView never gets tired. It doesn't forget anything and it structures the notes perfectly. Recruiters at companies like Brex, Robinhood, and Cura describe MetaView as a game changer for their efficiency and ability to have high quality interactions with candidates. MetaView lets them focus on the conversation rather than on taking notes. See the magic for yourself for free on your first five interviews. Head over to www.metaview.ai backslash no joke to get started. And there's some really awesome things. I, I, was, I was absolutely amazed right away when I could say, I want someone who has worked for a Fortune 500 company, but also has experience in a company Series A that's gone to IPO and all the different things that made it really difficult where you would have to comb through every single candidate and cross-reference. It's a really great research platform, but there are a lot of different things that we do, ranging from 
we can integrate with an ATS to help you source both internally refresh candidates that are in there. Uh, we have outreach automation built into it. We have CRM functionality. We build uh, talent maps and insights, talent pool analytics, activity on recs, activity on uh, from a recruiter basis as well. So uh, really everything except the ATS itself is, is kind of where we help. And then we've layered on uh, kind of AI on top of the uh, different areas of the platform that allow you to basically expose things very quickly, uh, do some really cool things for efficiency. Like if you want to ask, uh, find them how to uh, describe why this candidate is a fit for a uh, the role that you're working on, it'll write up that that basically pitch for them. You can right say what, what makes this candidate fit for this role or refine that. It'll help write the messaging for you for the multi-step outreach or again, kind of uh, enhance what you've already written. Lots of really cool things. It can even ask, you can ask it about the analytics and say, who was the most productive recruiter based off of this? And it'll go through all of the data and pull that stuff up for you. So, And, and so we, we, the clients that you're targeting, are they corporate or agencies? Yeah, so most of our business is on the uh, on the, the corporate side. Um, we've gotten a lot of interest though from um, exec recruiting. Um, I personally uh, got the chance to work with a lot of staffing and services companies in the past, uh, which I love because I came from that background. And there's some really cool solutions that we can build. Uh, so there is value there, but the approach and the style uh, is a little different. And uh, I, I find, I'll just say from selling to staffing companies and services companies, they tend to be much tighter with the budget, especially contingent ones where they don't get paid until uh, you know they deliver. So when uh, we ask them for the money up front with no results that will potentially help them unlock a lot more, they, uh, they're still a little reluctant. I've gone downstream pretty far with a lot of them that at the last minute said, can you do this for 40% of what we talked about? And, uh, <laughs> Ends up uh, ends up being pretty frustrating. So, uh, but there's a real opportunity there when you build the the kind of right solutions around this. There's a, a lot of money to be made. I, I think one of the best things for it is it does allow uh, agencies and RPOs to become a little bit more strategic and proactive, where they're always constantly in the in the chase, and you don't really have the opportunity. You have best wishes to start moving to proactive and build talent pipelines and do more research. But end of the day, you're getting paid to fill roles. So you go right back to your habits with, as soon as there's something you jump on it. So I think that's the one really, the, the companies that we worked with effectively were more strategic minded and wanted to shift to not exclusively proactive, but more of a blend. And you'll see more corporate customers are, are kind of aligned with that. They have a, a much greater focus, uh, but an agency or a services company can do a lot with the uh, the proactivity um, and have more opportunities to place these candidates. Candidate experience is also something that uh, you see a lot of corporate customers care a lot more about. And and I think that our, our platform can allow a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I love it. It's interesting you said that we had a, uh, I think it was maybe a month ago, we had a really kind of lengthy talk around around candidate experience which i mean it seems like i mean this is this is kind of my only thought with any of you know with especially with like ai tool when it's really ai tools when it's related to, to yeah, reaching out to people um seems like that's a huge focus right for a lot of ai companies right now like both in recruitment and in sales like how can we you know how can we set up these outbound sequences and 
what I've seen on the back end as just somebody who, you know, I'm a business owner now, so I get a lot more people reaching out trying to sell me stuff. Um, outreach is just, just seems like it's, it's exploded. Um, so, so I'm, I'm curious, like even just, you know, based on, on your experiences with clients, like what, what are some of the techniques, like while they're using these kind of like these outbound sequences, what are some of the things that you're seeing clients do well when it comes to reaching out to candidates? And like, I know like personalization, right? Like in, in being able to personalize things is big. So like, where do you kind of strike that balance when you're working with clients with tools like that? Yeah, I'll say um, one of the things that is uh, we see most effective, and you won't be surprised by this at all, but you know the recruitment marketing element and really building a brand and being a little more passive in terms of the approach from a corporate standpoint in particular, that's something that's kind of missing from the agency side. And um, the customization, the personalization, I think that's one of the things that, again, our platform really helps with getting pretty granular, pretty targeted. So you can make your messaging pretty specific and or tap into some of those attributes that you've mentioned to be effective. Uh, but in, in general, it is it's a longer sell, I think, to to really get the candidates that people want versus the candidates that are just looking at. And you know, right now is you'll also see shifts in in based on the market. And right now there are a lot of candidates that are out there who honestly you probably don't have to be as great and creative with your messaging because people will want to talk to you anyway. Uh, but in tougher times is where you really see that make a difference. And like you said, uh, uh, maybe a, a misaligned experience, like what, what you were mentioning, where, you know, are you the right target for what you got <laughs> reached out to about? And is it obviously generic can messaging doesn't land well, but when someone just needs a job, they'll still talk to you. And when they don't and they have millions of offers being thrown at them, they're going to basically disregard you and probably any additional communication. What you were mentioning, the outbound piece has really scaled up. So one of the things that we have to be really cautious of and, and advise our customers is around even the volume that they're sending and who they're sending it to, because it's so easy to get. It's hard enough to land in an inbox these days, um, but then uh, to, to stay away from being in a spam filter and and get the chance to really make an impact. I think it's really interesting, um, and I think knowing your audience is important. We had a, a customer a little bit ago that was trying some very, I, I would say, creative um, messaging, interesting subjects, uh, a little more of like a, a playful tone, but uh, with looking at the audience, it was probably <laughs> not an audience that would receive that very well. It's more business buttoned up, like little crusty and old uh, audiences who they need to tap into. And I was like, drawing a picture in the subject with characters is not going to lead to success for you. Yeah, these people are- Wow, to... that's a new one. Yeah. Like, just... I, I was always big on like the self-deprecating humor, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know another another uh, another uh, slimy recruiter in your inbox, but I'm better than all the rest. Like I actually found like, you know, just some of the humor could work well, but I mean, it's, it's like with content, right? It's the same thing. Like this is one, one thing that I've been really focusing on recently with a lot of clients is you've really got to know who your target market is and, and you got to understand like what they're going to react well to. Cause you know, I get, I get some clients where they're like, well, can you just show us how to do memes and you know, go viral. And I'm like, look, if, if that's what resonates with your market, sure. But if, if that's not going to resonate with your market, then that's not what you want to post. Right. 
memes tend to work well with recruiters because I think you got to have a sense of humor to be a recruiter because you just go through, you know, so many crazy experiences. And most recruiters I know, ten, you know, whether that, you know, even if they're executive level, it's like they, they can relate to some of the terrible experiences we go through. But if you're, if you're recruiting somebody maybe in accounting or finance or legal, um, that might not be, you know, might not resonate as much. Now, then I always think, well, everybody's got a sense of humor. So it kind of breaks down when, when I think, when I think about like the human side of it, but, um, it's the same with recruiting, right? It's like knowing like what message is going to land and how it's going to land. And sometimes I think we're not spending enough time, like figuring that out rather than just focusing on volume and how many messages are we sending out and how many resumes are we getting in? Um, so I'm, I'm curious, like, obviously in this market, you know, you mentioned, you know, that they're not necessarily having as much of a, a struggle, like finding people, you know, like people are coming, coming to them, right. It sounds like client wise. Um, so I guess what, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing candidates face? Like when they have lots of people who are on the market and lots of people applying the jobs, like, are you, are you seeing like other challenges that maybe we didn't experience 18 months ago? Like talk, talk to me about that. Yeah, it's definitely something. I mean, I, unfortunately, I have a, a large network of, of friends and former coworkers that are recruiters and former customers, and there's a lot of them out of work now. And I, I, I will say, coming from the recruiting space, you're probably better positioned to be successful in a job search and, and no more avenues. Um, just I think there's a lot of curiosity that comes with it and a lot of creativity that comes with it. So um, from the recruiting side of things, I do see it is, you know, it's a hard time because there's so few jobs in the space, but from the, a lot of the other, uh, other kind of skill sets and things like that, my friends will reach out to me because of my background and say, can you help me get into this company? And I'll take a look and it'll say, you know, the job's been open 48 hours and there's 2,200 applicants. And it's like, how are you going to stand out? It's so difficult. And that's why I've always said, like, you really have to network. And if you aren't taking that approach you're really going to be up against it. Um, I always read these things about how to game automation tools and like you need to have this or have a keyword bank or all these things. And I just, end of the day, I, I don't think that that stuff works. I love a lot of the content that you put out and there, there are some things that are interesting to me around like, you know, I, uh, you had one a little bit ago that you mentioned around even this is kind of post interview but like, did they send a, a follow-up? Thank you. Or something like that. And coming into the workforce, I had no idea. I'd never worked anywhere. I hadn't even really interviewed anywhere. And when I, I actually went to work uh, to my interview with Aerotech, um, the recruiter came to me and said, hey, make sure you send a follow-up thank you email to everyone that interviewed you today. And I was like, never thought of that. Should that be a disqualifier? No, but you as a recruiter probably have seen more things that do impact these decisions. And if you're looking to kind of make sure that um, you are giving yourself the best shot, there are some I think that are not too much effort and not a huge hurdle, but you should you should probably think about some of that stuff. Um, but but separating yourself right now is it is it is really tough. And I always tell people to to look at their networks and. One of the things that I really like about how I've gotten my jobs have all been through co former coworkers. I've always talked to somebody since leaving Aerotech that also knows a little bit about me and can 
give me honest feedback about the culture. I'm not a guy that buys big into, you know, glass door reviews or things like that. It's usually someone who's scorned or someone who's just here to praise. You find very little in the middle, but it also doesn't apply to you. And knowing somebody that knows you and can tell you the the honest truth and, and all that, it's, it's really valuable in the job search uh, in, in terms of even deciding where you're going to spend your energy. What are, um, you know, what, what, I, don't, I forget how we, we uh, got connected originally, but one of the things I noticed in, in one of our calls that, that you did was you were, I think we maybe were, got, got to like the end of the call and you were like, hey, I want to I wanna make sure like I introduce you to someone or I want to I wanna make sure I'm bringing some value. And uh, and you introduced me to a couple couple of people. How how important do you think that mindset is? Um, you know, in just in general for like recruiters when they're recruiting candidates and just thinking like how can you add value and add to that candidate experience. But on the flip side too, like if you are, you know, if you're networking or you're trying to find a job, um, like how how do you? I guess how important is it, is it in those conversations to be adding value like that? And like what what ways have you found effective? I know I mentioned one. With those introductions but like how do you give value when you're networking with people and how, how do you really kind of make the most out of the network yeah you know I, i've always said i think there's so much overlap between sales and recruiting and it's it's the same sort of thing they they have kind of somewhat different goals but in every case both sides whether you're a recruiter or a salesperson you really should be trying to create the right solution and, and very often you're not going to be that one you're not you don't have all the abilities to give them the right thing whether it's so I apply the same sorts of things as a salesperson. I will talk to a company and, and try to find out what the, the challenges that they're facing are. It's not always the solution that I'm here to sell, but I, I try to build an ecosystem around me of complementary partners that I also trust and respect and would say, hey, you're going to be in good hands and I'd love to pass people over and, and you know see if there's an opportunity for you guys to help each other. And I, I really always think that... Um, Leading with giving is the way to go. Uh, you know, it's surprising to me, and there's always going to be givers and takers, um, and finding a, a balance. Like I'm a giver, and I don't really like to take, and I think I probably should more. I have a, a kind of a mentor that's told me that on a number of occasions, and he's m much like me, which is great. So he's been able to kind of help guide me with that. But there was another thing that. Um, I, I mean, all of this stuff to me is it's all relationship building. And I really liked what uh, another guy I worked with at Aerotech had told me was around how, you know, what you get and what you give doesn't have to be the same. You, you shouldn't expect somebody to do uh, all the same things that you're doing when someone's upset that like, hey, I gave you referrals and you never gave me referrals. That's not really like how it should be measured. Is, is this, an, uh, you know, a good partnership? You know, if I'm referring people to you and you're providing a great service to them, that is actually a, a testament to me because it's improving how I appear to these people that, you know, might be able to help as well. So it's not always you know, like I'm looking for a, an even trade or anything like that. I always want to offer the stuff up. I also feel like I, I'm most satisfied by helping other people. And I, uh, I might have said it when we first talked, but I had a... I had a, a boss, one of my last bosses uh, told me that I, I probably have too much save the world in me and I should really be more cutthroat and be more more selfish. But I feel like I'm, I'm a bit of a karma believer. And if you do a lot of good things, it's it's not so much work. 
And I think it's it's always surprising to me when I do something really minimal, like provide an introduction. And they're like, man, this was so incredible. Thanks. You didn't have to do that. And I was, it took me two seconds. Like, I knew this person's looking for what you do. I know that you do something that I, I respect. Let's get you guys together. Something happens, great. Something doesn't happen, no harm. But it's not some major undertaking. And I think people build that up as something more significant than it really needs to be. No, look, it's huge too. And like, you know, one of the things, one of the things I think, you know, a lot of recruiters right now, right. A lot of recruiters are on the market and looking for work. And I think, okay, 18 months ago, definitely wasn't the case, right. It was a really, really hot market. And to me, it's really apparent right now where, you know, the recruiters that have really spent time networking and building those relationships. And I'm using recruiters as an example, because that's obviously um, most of the audience, but it's, it's, you know, I've, I've seen a couple of recruiters recently who have been laid off um, and, and you know, they maybe even haven't publicly said like, hey, I've been laid off, but they've reached out to people in the network um, and just said, hey, you know, keep your eyes open. And in the, in the two or three examples, and again, this isn't 100% always happening, but in the two or three examples I, I'm thinking of, they found jobs really, really quickly, but it was directly correlated to how much they'd have been just networking what when they didn't need to. And, you know, for really any job seeker, this is this is what I talk about with like, you know, when it's hard to go into a network and, you know, tap your network when you need it if you haven't spent any time outside of the job search, like actually building relationships. And there's so many ways to do it. Like there's digital i mean it's it's easier than ever to connect with people have conversations you know create create content have conversations support their content you could do that really across all platforms you know twitter i think or x people don't think about that as like a powerful way to connect with people but it's it's it is actually a really great way to connect with people but to your point it's like people overthink like how can i give back um but i think when 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 you don't need you know when you don't need these things and you're you know not in need of a job that's the time that you really need to be sewing in into the network um and again with recruiter with recruiters right now like a lot of us are thinking you know if you're on agency side well there's not as many jobs out there um you know it's hard to find clients like i keep running into that with with so many people it's so hard to find clients right now and i'm like okay this is the time where like you're probably gonna have to do some things and like work with people that you wouldn't work with all the time. Okay. If someone's coming to you and they say, I need help finding a job, you might have to have some of those conversations and it's, it's getting strategic with that. Right. And having those conversations and the same with companies, you know, it's like, if, okay, you're not doing a ton of hiring still worth, you know, if you want really want a pipeline, it's still worth having conversations and networking and, and meeting people in the industry because as you know, in the next six months, a year, when, th when things start to turn, you want to be in that opportunity. You want to have that opportunity where you've been building relationships. Um, and so this is where I like, I think the conversation with AI and automation uh, is, it's a really interesting intersection because so it's, it's like so much of what we do in recruiting and job search and networking is done through human relationships. So it's, it's interesting to see the intersection, especially when you're like, selling a tool or you're involved in a tool that's um using ai for a lot of these things as well um i'm i'm curious like in 
because I was, I've been thinking this as well. Like, do you think there is like diminishing return with, you know, I just think of like sourcing, for example, like sourcing and trying to find people's data, right? Because that's a big, big part around sourcing is like trying to find contact information. Are we going to reach a point where there's just like diminishing returns in the data that's out there? And like, you know, do you think people are going to get, you know, smarter with the information they put out there even? Like, what do, what do you think the future holds for, for just, you know, being able to find out about people and, and being able to, to reach out to people in, in that way as a recruiter? Yeah, I think we're already, we've seen a lot of that. Um, I think, uh, you know, coming from Vsource was a an Irish-based company and GDPR had a massive impact on the availability of information very quickly and, and how we how we had to service those types of customers out there. It became very difficult, especially the agency world where, you know, they want phone numbers and they want accurate personal emails that are ones that are being checked, not just catching spam and things like that. As does, does anyone when they do this? And it, it's a significantly harder market over there. And now we're starting to see more and more data privacy concerns all over the place. Like, I mean, California, CCPA and, you know, it was funny when I started getting into GDPR, I didn't even realize that South Africa has had something for a long time with this. Now, the aggressiveness of how quickly you have to delete information and things like that are are less. It's, an, it's a one year window versus a three, uh, 30 days window and things like that. But it's becoming harder and harder. And, uh, you know, all of the data sources that are out there, for the most part, that are kind of standardized, they uh, they're all using the same information. And it's there's not a lot of, of variability in what I've seen in terms of really getting quality and, and certain certain groups. It's even like what you're getting still might be accurate, but is that where they engage? And I think that was the I, I again going back to how there's an overlap with sales. I was listening to a, a, a sales guy talk about how how crazy must it have been to be in the early days of automation for email marketing when nobody knew it and every email at that point was considered to be manually drafted and sent and you could go out and <laughs> create scale right there and probably get 95 percent response rates and like everyone's getting back to you and everyone every 100 open rates right like you and now we're getting to a place where there's so much coming at people and all of the avenues, as people figure out automation, they become less desirable to respond to. We're seeing, you know, LinkedIn in-mails have gone down, email response rates going down. I don't answer my phone from a number I don't know. And, and when I do, it's because I've recently talked to someone with that area code and I'm like, could be a client. And then I pick it up and it's an auto dialer and I hang it up. And it's, Every time. Yeah, it's, it's so hard. So figuring out how to cut through it um, is is really challenging. And I think uh, one of the things that uh, I, I may have mentioned to you too, I I, uh, I heard this a long time ago, so I can't take full credit for it, but I couldn't find a source for it. So I've I've now claimed it as my own. But the, the saying that I really liked was, you know, it's not about who you know, it's about who will call you back. And that's true in sales and recruiting. Like you can have all the information, but if nobody gets back to you, like it's no good. So it starts with that information. You and I had a great conversation actually around trust in this space in particular and how critical that is for anything. People only want to work with people they trust. 
And in the recruiting world, like our job is assessing, you know, who somebody is and are they someone I feel good about? And, and are they of high character? Will they represent me well and all that? And I think uh, making sure, you know, what you do in terms of how you present yourself and being authentic and trustworthy and genuine is, is extremely important. But the, even getting to all of the people that you want, whether it's recruiting or sales, I, I think it, it, you build your own personal brand to be one that is one that people trust and you'll have much more success. These people will come back. Um, I, I feel very fortunate that that was instilled in me very early on. And I still have my first customers from my Aerotech days in 2003 that will reach out to me, even when I was out of the industry and say, Hey, you know, could you help me with this? Do you know someone? I know that you always took care of me. And, and you're like, no, I'm busy punching people's <laughs> faces. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Do you, I, you know, what well, it's funny. I was talking to somebody a Monday night uh, that's a recruiting leader. They do a lot, a lot of, of tech. And uh, we're just talking about this idea of, of, of kind of getting back to grassroots relationships, right? Like going to, you know, going to events. And he had mentioned to me how um, he had gone to an event that had nothing. It wasn't industry. It wasn't like an industry event. It was kind of actually just more of like a general event. Um, and, but he, he, got the company to pay for it uh, to make connections. So it wasn't like any, anything that was industry specific, but you know, he was still able to make a lot of connections for the company and for the positions that he was, he was recruiting for. Um, and it got me thinking like, you know, are we, are we kind of reaching that point now where you, know, you, you like the automation, the hiding behind the emails, uh, you know, the, the DMS in the LinkedIn emails, we, like we need to actually go back to some of this grassroots recruiting as well and like merge them together. And so, you know, as talent teams, you need to be thinking it's not just about what our tech stack is and, and the strategy for like reaching out to people and getting people in our funnel, but we need to be thinking about like how are we actually going to meet people in real life to build those relationships and like, what kind of balance do you think that that, that is as well? Or, you know, is that something that we're going to see more of? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm conflicted with a lot of the stuff. I'm a I'm a full remote guy um, since 2017 when I I left Aerotech, and I love my work from home and the flexibility and the freedom and the ability to do a lot of different things and have a very fluid schedule. Um, but I do miss a lot of the in person and the relationship building and and I think it, it's both internally and externally. You know, I I I was at Aerotech when you know, culture was very different and there was definitely no remote and in-person was really critical, but I might not have necessarily uh, appreciated if I came in in a, in a generation like what we're dealing with right now, but there's no way to achieve the sorts of relationship building, knowledge transfer, all of that stuff when you're not face-to-face, -face, you know, I, I can't get on a Slack and message someone every question that I have. I'm not a part of every conversation that's happening. You do all these things to try to get there, but it's just not there. And same thing, like I used to just drop in at companies and meet with these people. And now I'm, it's all on Zoom and, and it's all virtual. And it is really challenging. And I think I always say the, the things that technology won't close the gap on is that interpersonal. And I, I feel the same with my internal team, but also with 
You know, when I do look at candidates that we're talking to and customers that I'm talking to, it's, it is tougher to say that I'm able to build as strong of a relationship that, you know, those relationships in recruiting are not just for that candidate who will always come to you and say, hey, I'm looking for something. And you know that they're a great person that you want to be an agent for, but they're giving you referrals and they're they're helping you get to those those candidates that, you know, aren't going to respond to your cold email, your cold call, your LinkedIn in mail, things like that. And uh, I actually, one of the parts of the platform that I like most for Findem is our connections piece. And what it does is outline, you know, when you overlapped or when, when someone in your organization overlapped with the candidates that came back in the search so that you can warm that up and say, hey, I saw that you worked with this person at this company. A, are they a good fit? Kind of get a backdoor reference sort of thing. Is this worth the time? Are they going to be insulted? Are they a cultural fit? But then also say, hey, can you reach out to this person and help move them through the process, get them in the mix? Because me just reaching out, if they don't know that you work here, they don't know that there's real kind of validation that this is the type of opportunity that someone with that background would enjoy. Like, how do we get you empowered into a part of the recruiting life cycle as, as just a regular contributor in a different function? And I think that that piece is going to be really important as it becomes harder and harder to access people through cold channels. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, and it's interesting, right? Cause it's, it's, you know, it's one of the things that when, when I'm talking with clients about content, right? It's bringing in everybody who is involved into that content piece. And that's why I'm such a big, you know, big advocate of like, not just the recruiters creating content, but other people in the organization and, you know, creating that authentic content as well, because that, that's what speaks to people. But I, I think, you know, for recruiters, again, it, it's like not just, it's not just saying like, hey, our strategy is just you know, emails and emails that we're sending out. That's not everything we're doing, but like, how do we look at this? You know, how do we look at how we're actually creating relationships and how do we quantify that? How do we add value in that way? So um, I love it. Well, I think we're about, we're coming up to about time. So I'm curious, like for people who want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Um, and I'm also curious, are there any other platforms that you're, that you're uh, active on that, that people can follow you on as well? Um, and uh yeah, what's the best what's the best place for for people to find you? Yeah, LinkedIn is definitely where I I live from a business perspective for sure. Um, I am on social media. My Instagram page is open and and all that. Um, I I you know I I'm pretty comfortable with who I am and what I do. So, but uh, yeah, LinkedIn's a great place to find me uh, as a salesperson in the recruiting space. Of course, I'll be there. Um, Joe Aberdeen and find him. I'm the only Joe Aberdeen in the world, so I'm not hard to track down. And and uh, yeah, love to love, love to engage with people. Love any feedback, anything I can do to help. Like I said, I'm I was brought up with the servant mentality, and I, I think it doesn't take long to to do little things that make a big impact on people. And you're a new dad as well, so uh, huge shout out to you for making the show today. Because I know you're probably not getting a ton of sleep, but uh, <laughs> it's uh it's that's super exciting as well. I'm going to be, I'm going to have, I'm having a, my, my third kid at the end of the year. Um, so I'm like starting over, but, uh, it's good to, good to know that, you know, after, uh, you know, what couple months, like you get to, you get to, uh, have some sleep. You were telling me before, so yeah. that's, uh, that's something like to, to look forward to, but 
Yeah, guys, what I would say is definitely go uh, connect with Joe. Go uh, go on LinkedIn. And as I always say, like with any guests on the show, let them know um, that you heard him on the podcast. Um, and then also just be patient, right? He's not hanging out on LinkedIn nearly as much as I am. Um, so, you know, if you've got questions, if uh, if you're like looking for help with things, just be patient. You know, he's working hard and, and kind of growing this business as well. So don't definitely uh, just always be patient. And I say that too, like if you're following up with hiring managers, if you're following up in sales, like don't expect people to respond to you right away. Like just be patient, patiently persistent is what one of my friends and, and mentors always says, like just reach out to people, be persistent and just, uh, and just, and, uh, and just be patient with them. And then, Guys, if you uh, if you have any questions for Joe specifically that didn't get answered on this show as well, uh, you can feel free to DM me, and then again, you can connect with Joe, connect his profile up to this uh, up to this uh, chat. And then, uh, as always, next week we will be back. And let me see, I'm going to actually be starting this show on Mondays as well. Um, in the next, let's see, I think that's going to be Monday the ninth. So two, yeah, Monday the ninth of October, we're going to have our first Monday episode, and then it will be Mondays and Wednesdays. We're streaming live at 2 p.m. Central. Um, and then in terms of our next show, it should be just next week, Wednesday. Uh, we have Yasa, who is from HelloFresh on the show, uh, and he is uh, he's running um, talent attraction and like employer brand and all these different types of things. So definitely want to check out that show. I'm super excited for, for that. Um, He's got an English accent, so that always just makes everything better. Uh, but, guys, check out that show. If you've got questions for either of us, let us know. And, Joe, great to have you on today. Thanks for just sharing so much wisdom, and uh, I'm sure it's just a ton of value created as well. If you're listening to this show after the recording um, and you want to find out more about the show, just go to my LinkedIn page. I always feature the new shows um, on my homepage, and, uh, and then you can just continue to follow us on Spotify and iTunes and all that good stuff. So, Appreciate all of you. Hassan, Josiah, Stan, good to see you. LinkedIn user, I guess it was Sal from Mexico, uh, so I should have known that. And then Lissette, good to see you as well. But everyone else who's out there, you guys have a great week. We will talk to you soon, and I'm going to end this stream right now. And then it takes a couple.